Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, yeah. Hey now. It's the Hey Now Howard podcast, first and only podcast dedicated to the king of all media, Howard Stern, and all things Howard Stern Show. My name is Daniel Coyne. I'm Tyler Cortad. Today we're going to be talking about Donald Trump on the Howard Stern Show. This is Beto. He's as bad as Kenny knows. He's the best. This is Beto. He's as bad as Kenny knows. He's the best. This is Welcome back, everyone. Hope you guys had a... Happy holiday, Merry Christmas, whatever you're supposed to say. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, We're back. It's a new year. New Hey Now Howard podcast 2020. Very excited about some topics that we have in store for you guys, all 10 of you. Uh, But yeah, we're uh, we're excited for it. That's right. New decade. And is this the decade that we see Howard Stern retire? Um, Probably, or else he's going to die while (laughs) recording the show. Like Don Imus. Don Imus died while we were away. He did. Yeah. He did. So I bet you Howard's thinking that now. He's like, oh, do I want to go out? I mean, Don Imus retired and then died like two years later. He's like, I know Howard doesn't want that. Yeah, you see that a lot. I know. You know Joe Paterno. Yeah, you got nothing to do. people that just do a job for 60 years. Joe Paterno had some other outside factors. Yeah, I think he had some other stress in his life. <laughs> but then, uh, tell everybody where you can find us. Oh, you can find us in Los Angeles, California. If you want to come to one of our live tapings, we haven't had anyone come by. Uh, Tyler's grandma came by the one episode. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Hollywood. If you want to swing by, if not, check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcast and YouTube. Awesome. Like, subscribe, comment, tell your mistress, tell everyone you know. <laughs> come on by. We're actually, I was looking at our analytics and it's going to surprise a ton of you. We don't have billions of hits but we actually have hits from like japan germany hungary australia that's so crazy like did they have a typo how the fuck did they (laughs) They find us they even listen to howard (laughs) do they know who howard is had to have been an accident i'm guessing that was like the only podcast available in hungary yeah right (laughs) we're good to go dan's huge in hungary that's (laughs) hungary and japan are his that's his market (laughs) erecting a statue of me saying i've yet to break europe so uh but yeah, we're uh, we're happy to be back. Uh, I think we have a cool episode for you guys today. It's uh, it's a little bit about Donald Trump, um, but it, we're going to be focusing uh, a lot on just Howard's influence on politics um, and how Trump relates to all of that. Because 
obviously he's our president. And uh, he was a, a huge guest on the CERN show for many, many years. How I wrote about it in his book has probably five or six chapters dedicated to Donald Trump. So, uh, yeah, his influence, uh, Howard's influence on Donald and vice versa um, is apparent. So we thought it'd be great to just do a whole episode on that and, and kind of veer off into a little bit of Howard's influence on politics in general. Yeah, absolutely. We're also going to cover his Hillary Clinton interview recently that came in late 2019 and also his run for governor of New York Ooh. in 1994. Speaking of that, yeah, he, he doesn't talk about that much, but the one thing that always sticks out is his platform when he had, he had two things. It was, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, one of them was to help fill all the potholes in New York because he couldn't stand all the potholes. He was uh, going to fill them with the crispy remains. Yeah, of that's the, the best part. <laughs> the crispy remains of all the people that were uh, sent to the death penalty. That's right. Well, that was one of his steps is reinstate the death penalty. Oh, that was it. And then that in turn would help fill the potholes. the crispy remains to fill the potholes. <laughs> I mean, people took him seriously. And that's the craziest thing. Oh, he, he was leading in all the polls. He started leading in the polls. Who was it? It was... Uh, Cuomo and Pataki. Cuomo, yeah, absolutely. Cuomo and Pataki in 94. I think, I mean, he talks about it now. He started to run as a goof, you know, and, and said that that was his platform and started going to these rallies and started and people started showing up. Next thing you know, it's showing up in the polls that he's starting to lead. How fucking scary would that be if you don't really want to be governor and you start winning? And he relates to Donald Trump. In the I was going to say, it's yeah. kind of like a like similar that. situation. I've exactly. Heard and that's how he, you know, that's pretty much what he says about Donald when he started running in 2016. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure Howard got freaked out and he associates his feelings towards it and pretty much projects those onto Donald. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure that he just kind of got freaked the fuck out that he was actually winning and could potentially be the governor of New York when he has no qualifications whatsoever to be governor of New York <laughs> right. or governor of anything. So. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had the vision before it played out in that 2016 of an entertainer with a huge audience that has a big reach and influence, and all of a sudden people kind of like his no-nonsense talk, and right. you know, years later we saw that play out on the grand stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, just to finish that thought, his other ticket items were limiting road work to night shifts and removing highway tolls to improve traffic. So I think those are actual things that New Yorkers can get behind. We live in Los Angeles. We right. know about traffic. Yeah, we know about traffic. Not so much tolls, but yeah, anything that can alleviate some of that traffic would be, you know, get all the Los Angeles. Right, leading candidate. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually doing a little bit of research before we did this, and I was trying to find, because I know that he had, he had to take out political ads on the radio, and I was trying to find some of them. It's crazy. You can't find a single one. And I, I'm given, I'm not, I didn't look that hard. But uh, <laughs> it was weird because I did find a couple of links, and every time I would click on the link, it would go to YouTube and it was removed. So I don't know. I mean, there's only, you know, you can only remove it if, you know, you have some sort of stake in that. So I'm trying to figure out why that would have been removed. I couldn't have been that dirty because it was on the radio. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did like see an article from 94 saying about how Howard took, Howard Stern takes out raunchy ad for his, for his race. And so I was trying to just, hear that and kind of see what that was but I, I couldn't find it at all I thought that was interesting yeah I think at some point Howard definitely did a well not him himself but hired someone to do like a sweep of YouTube because you will see a lot of content taken down right. or even off of YouTube on like a third party site uh, you'll see even when I was doing research on all these Trump interviews a lot of the audio has been taken down and actually the person who posted the website was talking about how serious um, 
leading up to the election made it an effort to wipe out because he doesn't really replay a lot of the Trump stuff. And he's, no, I think he he's even said on air that he purposely wants to stay away from that. I wonder why, though. It's I mean, kind of interesting of how. But then he wrote about him in his book about the things he wanted to, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like editing his own interviews to like to let you listen to whatever parts he wanted you to hear. Yeah, sure. So, and don't you think that probably has some sort of political, you know, uh, yeah. motivation? Reasoning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, huh, I wonder what that's about. Uh, but another thing, just sorry, before we finish this topic, another thing that Howard said that got him out of the race, I'm sure he freaked out on being underqualified, but also it came to the point where he was so far in the race that he'd have to uh, release his tax information, his income information, right. and he's always shied away from that even now as callers call in and even if they make an offhand remark or a guest even says well i mean geez i don't have howard stern money he instantly foo-foos it you know i think he just wants to be the everyday man he wants to be i started on the radio making a hundred dollars a week and i think he still wants to maintain that image um so the last thing he wanted was which if we see it again with trump he's never released his financial information exactly there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, I, I, I was wondering, because, like, did he really, I mean, was that just his excuse to the public of why he didn't want to do it? Because in 94, I mean, yeah, he was making a shit ton of money more than anybody else on the radio, but it's not like he was making serious money at the time. So, it was, you know, but I guess he's just always been that way. He, always, he talks about that start with his dad. You know, his dad always, like, taught him, don't talk about money in front of people or your own money or your own finances in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I guess it just kind of. I was actually perusing some of the Reddit trolls recently. Oh, and don't get lost in that rabbit <laughs> yeah, hole, man. Exactly. And someone had posted that uh, you'll hear Howard sometimes talk about how he lived amongst monks for a year yeah. and barely paid any money. And it was quiet hours after like 8 p.m. or something. You weren't allowed to talk. And he loved it. And he said, I got a lot of rest and I recharged my batteries for the next show. But what he doesn't talk about is that complex is actually like this huge estate, multi, multi million dollar estate in New York. Is it? So someone in Reddit was like, oh, here's Howard's uh, really rough beginnings that he always talks about. And he's living in this insane mansion. No shit. I didn't know that. I always just I mean, assumed it was They like still said the rules did apply and there, there were monks and right. it was all through TM, his, um, his meditation. Right. So right, I guess right. this is like a center of it. Gotcha. Uh, so that's how he got hooked up there. Sure. And TM's kind of known as, you know, the, the I don't want to say elitist, like, version of meditation because you definitely have to pay to get, yeah. to get taught. And it's pretty expensive, right? It's fucking expensive. I mean, I started doing it a couple years ago, uh, and I didn't even have the money. It was like 700 bucks. So it was probably more yeah. than that even. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of money. I mean, I do think it's worth it. It's, it became worth it after I started doing it, and uh, I recommend it. But, yeah... It, I honestly don't think you need to pay that. Like, I didn't need to pay somebody to teach me. I mean, if somebody knew how to do it, can teach somebody for free. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, what you're paying for, and maybe this goes into why Howard did that sort of thing, is once you're in that little community, everything else is free. Like, I'm sure like that, he didn't have to pay, right, he didn't have to pay for anything mm-hmm. um, because they do offer a lot of services like that where it's like once you pay that, you're kind of in, you're, you can attend all these events. And, it's and, like a membership. Yeah, it's like a retreat thing, and it's like a lifetime thing. So once you pay it, you're in. So that's kind of the selling point. But... Uh, yeah, I could see how people can view that as like, I'm not joining that fucking cult. <laughs> Especially if you're going to, you know, a giant mansion like that and not talking. But that's yeah, crazy. I didn't know that. I would just assumed it was like, you know, some little retreat where like everybody's living in a hut. And all this to say, I think that's the image he wants to portray. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, like him not disclosing his finances go like goes right in line with that. But I, who knows if that was the real reason he didn't want to run anymore or he wanted to drop out? I think it's just because he was like, I don't really fucking want this. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like kind of jump ship. So uh, yeah, I think that's basically he associated that with Donald as well in 2016. He was probably thinking, you know. Donald probably had no intention of even winning in the pools, let alone becoming president. And then once he started doing it, I, the change in the thing is I think Howard's, they both have big egos, but Howard's very much aware of his ego. Donald is not. <laughs> Donald has a huge ego, but like he doesn't, I don't think he has very, I don't think he's very self-reflective. Uh, so I think Donald kind of ate that up a little more than Howard did and kind of got into it. Because I do believe Howard whenever he said that I think that Donald didn't really want to become president. He had a good life. I, I kind of subscribe to that too. Yeah, I mean, then there's stories about how, um, and we're try I, at least myself. I'm not going to try to put like my political views into the show because God knows that's worthless. Right. Um, but <laughs> there's rumors that Trump wanted to start his own news network, uh, kind of like a Fox News, and that you know he's kicking up all these Twitter wars with Obama while Obama was in office, and he was at even though he kind of started out as a Democrat, he started to really associate himself with the Republican party later on, right? Constantly going after Obama. But a lot of people think that that was just to raise awareness for him. So, I mean, God knows he's the best advertiser for himself. Sure. Um, yeah. and that he was going to launch a, a news network, uh, conservative news network after the election. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that, but Cause he's also up. Oh, sorry to cut you off, no, but he's right. also announced that he's going to run for president for the past, like, 10 elections and normally it's because he has a new book out right. or he's promoting something or the apprentice when did he say he was going to do the news network this prior to running they were well about? this is like a rumored thing that he was that's why he was like really riding the momentum of this election that if he would have lost to hillary he has all this backing and everyone loves him in the republican party so then he launches a fox news competitor yeah trump's always been kind of political even in interviews and especially whenever he started coming on Howard in the early 90s um, you can read that you know some of the excerpts from the book most of it's pretty raunchy about you know women and who Donald's dating and like this you know social elite that you know company that he runs with and stuff like that but they do touch on politics a lot because Donald's very opinionated on a lot of things but politics being one of them coming you know as a wealthy businessman so you know obviously he has this opinions on that so they, they get into that a lot but i've always found it interesting that all through the 90s even into the early 2000s pretty much all pre-obama all of donald's political views fall right in line with the democratic party mm-hmm. he was a huge hillary supporter uh, uh, not a hillary supporter. he was a clinton supporter uh, during bill's can- like, you know presidency he was friends with the Clintons. He was friends with the Clintons. I mean, went to Chelsea's wedding. He was friends with you know uh, Bloomberg, um, who's Democrat. You know, like he just he ran with the Democratic circles, and yeah, there's like a couple quotes that I read um, that are actually in the book. And one of the things Donald said, and this is probably one of the interviews from early 2000s, maybe he goes because uh, Howard asked him, um, "Did you?" A lot of people think that businessmen. Um, don't do as well under a Democratic president or a Democratic House in Congress. Um, and he asked if that was the case for him whenever Bill Clinton was president. And he said, it's a funny thing because Republicans are known for business and yet the economy always tanks under Republicans. <laughs> so it's like he has all these little quotes like that, you know, that kind of damaged, you know, the Republican Party. And now to become so far the other way always just fascinated me, like how people don't care about that. Like, why doesn't nobody care about that? And he's like, I always wondered, like, why not? 
if you were running against Donald Trump, like bring up those instead of bringing up all like the stuff he said about women on the Howard Stern show, like bring up some of the stuff he actually said about politics on the Stern show and use that against. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't that ever come up? And never did. It was always just about some of the raunchy stuff he said. Mm-hmm. And he was quoted on the Stern show saying uh, before George W. got elected um, that he told Howard, if W. gets elected, you better watch out because your money's going to go. Like yeah. being in that tax bracket. Right. So, I mean, yeah, he was very aware. Like, so, and it, it would be, it, it would be one thing if Donald got into, you know, the White House and became more of a, you know, a middle, like it's somewhere in the middle, but. He's not. It seems like he's right. In, I mean, it's everything is right in line with you know Republican views and just playing to that base and staying like on the right side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it, you know. And I think Howard's even commented about: Does he believe this, or is he just reading the poll numbers and saying the opinion that's going to get him elected? Uh, I mean, yeah, Howard comments that and goes as far to say he's like, I don't believe Donald actually believes this stuff, especially if it's shit about abortion. You know, yeah. I mean, how many abortions that guy probably had paid for oh, for yeah. women? Do you like? Do you honestly believe that that guy really is against? Like, there's not a chance in hell that that guy really has a stake in the abortion debate. Absolutely not. It's insane to me. And then, so, I don't know. The fact that the people on that, uh, so, I mean, clearly, if you haven't, don't have, Dan and I are more left leaning than than uh, than not, but probably would say we're more in the middle than if you're, I mean, you're living in Los yeah. Angeles. <laughs> we, I mean, just Amongst even, the snowflakes. Yeah, right? If you're not ready to stab Donald Trump in the heart, uh, <laughs> you're basically the devil yourself. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so we're kind of in the middle in that sense. Cause we come from, you know, we're both from Pennsylvania where, you know, it's now leaning more right than anything. So, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, we're, I, I try to look at both sides, but I just always found it fascinating that, People don't look at those Howard Stern interviews and pull clips and pull things that Donald said about Republicans, you know, to his detriment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about Trump's appearances on the Stern show. This actually blew me away uh, in doing some research. I counted roughly 31 appearances between calls in, uh, in studio. Oh, holy shit. 31 times he's been on the show. Damn, total. I was so, 15. Right. Tons of content. Right. And each time is 50 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. Right. So these aren't, I mean, some some of his call-ins were relatively brief, but even then, it, and like you spoke about, he's always been a little bit political because reading over these call notes, every other topic is like his opinions on Mark Cuban, his opinions on right. George W. Bush, his opinions on the Iraq war. Right. Which is funny because I saw that that on the Trump show, or I'm sorry, God, on the, the Stern show. show right now, well, when Trump's on, that's, that's our country right show. now. Yeah, it becomes the Trump <laughs> that's show. That's Fox News. <laughs> but uh, uh, when he came on the Stern show, speaking of actually putting him to task on real things he said, he actually admitted that he would have backed the Iraq war on the Stern show, which is something that during his election campaign, he was adamantly that he never never supported the war. He never would have. That was right. a stupid choice from day one. And it was right there on recording that yep. he said, yeah, I probably would have if I was in that choice on the Stern show. I and he totally that. took it back during the election. CNN played that. And then it was kind of just glossed over. I remember that I seen that because I, I saw that too. And CNN played that little clip and like, you know, in quotes had it on there. Nobody seems to give a shit about anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, this guy, know? he's Teflon Don. Yeah, nobody seems to care. This guy about can murder him. someone in Times Square. He said it. He <laughs> get reelected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can shoot somebody. 
so I mean, I, whenever you get away with as much stuff as he has, why not think that? Of course you can. Sure. So uh, yeah, you can say whatever the hell you want and go back on it a couple of years later, and no one gives a shit. Yeah. So perfect politician. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so his first call into the show is January eleventh, nineteen ninety three. So I'll do some Howard math, or it takes him forty five minutes to figure out a simple. Which that's probably uh, bullshit, right? He's not that dumb. Uh, I am. So if he's like me, <laughs> well, it's twenty twenty. Yeah. So we're instantly, it's pretty damn easy this year. So twenty plus seven, twenty seven years ago, he's been on the show. <laughs> I, I've honestly, I'm a right. genius. Yeah, I, that would have taken me ten minutes. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, 27 years, his last call was on, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't total 27 cause his last call was on August 25th, uh, 2015. So actually as he was in the middle of election season, he called in the show. And I remember even at the time it was like, is this really Donald? Because they started having the impersonator on more and more. Right. Right. Um, cause if you remember, he was still a huge story even during the Republican Oh, uh, primary. Sure. Like he was the only thing people talked about. Right, right, oh, right. this guy's really oh, mixing just, it up and he's shooting from the hip right. and this guy's cool. So, uh, <laughs> at the time was, I was like, oh, maybe this guy will actually come in here and mix it up. You know, I remember yeah. thinking that too. I was like, right. oh, but nah. <laughs> but I feel like half of the people have like turned this thing off already. Cause yeah. they're like, he's fucking snowflakes in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck them. There's like <laughs> seven people listening. To this. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, so he even kind of cut himself off from the show, I think, in 2015, because I'm sure he had advisors of, hey, we know you like going on the show and speaking your mind, but you may want to start yeah. pulling that back a little bit. So so now I'll redo my math here, uh, 15 plus 7. So let's go with 22 years he was on the show. So 31 appearances in 22, in 22 years. He's a big part of the show. I mean, that's got to be the most, right? I mean, it's that, up there. It's, if it's not the most, yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, and Howard's always gone to say that Donald is one of his best guests. Like he's always been on, and that's one thing. I mean, Donald's been Donald since ninety. That interview in ninety three, <laughs> up until you can now. listen to an interview from him in the eighties, and you think it was recorded yesterday. Yeah, he's it's been the same guy, and it's like, and before it was brilliant. It's super entertaining. Like he's right. he's funny. He's like, sure, he's hilarious. So him on these shows, I remember like whenever he would be on, like and Howard would ask him any question, he would an- he would answer anything, mm-hmm. like answer it honestly. Uh, Which Howard always refers to as like his favorite that's his part. Favorite. Right. If you're a guest that is open and honest, you're a good guest in, the, in, in Howard's eyes and in the audience's eyes as well. So Donald was always just a great guest, but he's always been Donald. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, it's just uh, I don't know. I, I've always appreciated Donald for that, at least. You know, like just he's yeah. just always been himself and he's always been honest yeah absolutely i mean howard still refers it well, still blows too. howard's <laughs> but howard always refers to the fact it still blows his mind till today that i can't believe trump went on here and he said the real tens they're not actresses they're hairdressers right. and, and waitresses that still blows his yeah. mind that trump Here's, said that like 25 hard. years you know, ago right i know like that was the <laughs> one thing he blew, like, revolutionary you know like thought why. he's like he always breaks it down like it's like he's gonna say something new but it's the same thing he's like same you thing. know why i like donald here's why i'd ask don hey angelina julie what, what do you think she called a seven can you believe like, she's a seven now, can you believe that <laughs> every time it's that same story <laughs> it's actually not the actresses that are the hottest right that was it's the craziest the thing. Yeah, that's that's how that's Donald being the most insane radio guest ever. Right. It's just saying those things. Another thing that blew his mind is that a woman can't be. Well, this is what Trump said: a woman can't be a ten if she's flat chested, and right. that's that was like 
brilliant Howard's mind. He still references that. Meanwhile, Howard's, every week, yeah, like Howard saying ten at this point, and you know, is Howard's career. Howard's saying every outlandish and crazy thing you could possibly think of, and for that to really strike a chord with Howard, you know, that Trump <laughs> right. said that, you know, what I mean, it's nothing compared to what he used to say. Mind is blown. So, but I don't know. As far as like uh, Trump's politics, you know, leading up there and, and how they've changed. Howard's have seemed to fall in line with Donald's Trump politics, you know, leading up to, you know, when, until that, like Donald actually got into politics. You know what I mean? Whenever mm-hmm. Donald would talk about, you know, um, his views on stuff. And then it's it just because they kind of fell in line, more in line with, a, you know, a Democratic uh, viewpoint, which is what Howard is. It, but Howard always seemed to have like a more of a just a common sense approach. And Donald seemed to kind of have that as well, like everything leading up to uh, the actual election. So... Uh, I feel like they kind of agreed on a lot of most things um, political up until Donald started started running, which kind of blows my mind, too. I know. It's so funny. We talk about how these topics that get brought up. I'm looking at all the call notes and his guest appearances. January 13th, 1997. So 23 years ago. You're good. And mathematician, I tell you. But tell me these topics aren't still relevant. Uh, Trump stops by the Howard Stern birthday celebration, talks about his relationship with his ex-wife, Ivanka. Ivana, uh, wow, who knows what, whatever their names are. Uh, his wedding to Marla Mabel and walks back a claim that he won $20 million betting against Mike Tyson and discusses his friendship with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> this is 23 years ago, and this could be a call that happened yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And that's and the same. I made another note on a similar call. And again, this is, so this is from, uh, let me find it here. This is great air, dead air here. Okay. September 23rd, 2004, Stern and Trump discuss their mutual disdain for the Iraq war, George W. Bush, the apprentice, Mark Cuban, prenups, his friendships with Melania, his daughter's love life and new England Patriot. Tom Brady. <laughs> that, that, that's that was 16 years ago. Yeah, that was one in the book. Uh, yeah, that's crazy to me. And he did have a little feud with Mark Cuban because Mark Cuban was saying that. Uh, not did. He still does still to this does, day. Sure. But even back then, it was just basically over Mark Cuban saying that he's not as rich as people think he is. Yeah. And, uh, and he's not a billionaire. And how, and then that just fucking, you know. Oh, I'm sure that Mark Cuban drives him nuts. Oh, my God. Well, Cuban's totally self-made. Trump's not. Right. You know, he's... I mean, I don't know his exact numbers. I'd imagine he's been more successful entrepreneur when you look right. at a lot of the failures of Trump Casino, Trump University. Sure, that's what. In that same call, he talks about Trump. Mark Cuban called Trump out because he's saying that Trump University is a failure and that oh, something else was it. What did you say? The casino, not the casino. Yeah, it was in Atlantic City. Uh, his big failed casino. I forget the exact. It was Trump University on. and oh, Trump Water. He had Trump Water too, <laughs> and uh, he's and Mark Cuban called him on saying that those two things are failures, and he's sitting there defending them. And we clearly know now that Trump Water and Trump University did not stand the test of time. So I think Cubes had a had a point there, but you can see, like, I mean, he, then Trump goes off for five ten minutes about like you know defending it blasting Mark Cuban, you know, he can't stand any criticism and not to say that that's any different than what it is now. But, uh, but yeah, it was just funny to see those in that call from 16 years ago and it still holds up. Still holds up. Still holds and up. Gary's, uh, desert Island tape. <laughs> it still holds up. Uh, and for stat correction, it was the Trump Taj Mahal it was the oh, huge, yeah. huge yeah, failure yeah. in Atlantic city. Jesus. 
which I'm sure Mark Cuban has failed course, investments yeah. too. Everybody does, but yeah. to that grand of a stage and, right. and he didn't come from money. So I'm sure that just, and I'm sure Cuban being on TV, being shown, being a billionaire, shown successful, you know, that's, that's his area. Right. He's the apprentice guy. Right. Oh yeah. Apprentice was huge. I mean, that was the, probably the, the height of Trump's got him elected. Yeah. Got him elected. That was <laughs> the height of his image in, his, in, in America's head that he's a successful businessman. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the one thing that I actually remember, this doesn't really have to do with politics, but, or Howard even, but I just remember the feud with Rosie O'Donnell that, uh, that Trump had. Remember he like had oh, those, yeah. those interviews. You call her like a pig nose yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> said, well, Rosie's disgusting. She's a pig. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I remember thinking, cause I was, what were we? 18, 19. I remember thinking that was funny back then. Cause I was like, who's this guy? Like, this guy's outrageous. Like who, like who the fuck says this? Like in public about another famous person. Like, you know what I mean? Like who does this? And I just remember, like, I remember, remember E-Bombs World when yeah. we were in college. Uh, I remember like all those. For those of you that, that don't know, yeah. that was kind of the original viral video right. like before YouTube. Free YouTube. This is where you have to go find all your funny internet videos. Right. But uh, yeah, this was like, the, I remember those were all the videos on E-Bombs World. It was like looking at uh, Trump blasting Rosie O'Donnell. And I remember thinking, I was like, this guy's fucking wild. <laughs> this guy is crazy. Like, who does this? Who says this shit? And like, I remember, yeah, I just remember that. Being, like now looking back, I was like, I don't know. Fucking douche! <laughs> it's kind of a bullet thing, dude. But at the time, I thought it was hilarious. But I was like, man, that's fucking crazy. So, but Trump's been that same guy. Yeah, and time. I think that's his appeal. And I guess that's yeah. that's Howard's appeal too. Is people like that? They don't. I think people got sick of the canned responses, right. ro- robotic answers. The sure. you know what they're going to say before they say it. Right. And it was like a breath of fresh air. Howard being on the radio as being one of the first people that just kind of started speaking their mind, freestyling, and now Trump in politics right. uh, definitely so took that to a they, whole different level. Right. They they went hand in hand in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the two and how they speak publicly. Trump's like the the shock jock of Washington D.C. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you know, but Trump, again, and that's probably the reason he got elected because people view him in that Howard Stern esque type. Uh, mindset, you know, this guy's an original. He's gonna speak his mind. Uh, he doesn't pull any punches. He's going to tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's exactly why I got elected. And, and coming got, off Obama, who was like the most polished yeah, president we've ever had, yeah, just as far as like just a politician, you know, right. to a T. And that's probably what people would turn people off a lot about Hit- as Hillary is. She's that same. Robotic, yeah, it was going to be know, eight answers. more years of that, or yeah, four more years, years or whatever. So I get it. But, um, and I, and I get the appeal, you know, I mean, that's why we love Howard, like why we fell in love with Howard is that same reason. So not to say like, I, I, I just thought not to throw in our own political views on it. I just thought that that was more to get elected. And, he, but why, why would I think that? Because Donald's been the same way for, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the more we look at the notes, uh, like I said, you could look at these call notes from 93, 97, 2001, and right. they could be recorded yesterday. The topics are still Iraq war, right. you know, he's beefing with other politicians. Let's right. rate the women. It's like, there's, there's some themes that we see emerging here right. in these, in these interviews. Exactly. With all those conversations and especially Trump talking a lot about politics and those, did you, do you think that Howard would have ever guessed that Donald would run? Or, I mean, do you think Donald even knew that he might run someday? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's announced that he's going to run when he's promoting a book and, even this this show note that I see right here in front of me, November 9th, 1999, Stern jokingly calls Trump Mr. President and plays hail to the chief 
<laughs> and they discuss his 2000 presidential candidacy. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 20 years ago. Exactly. This is still the topic. Uh, but but if you remember, even in the primaries, people were just kind of like, yeah, he has mom-. I mean, shit, even the day of the election, no one thought he was going to get elected. Right. So I think it just kind of shocked everybody. Started, um, like, happening. and Yeah, like, I, I wonder, I'm just... Because I know there was like yeah, it was like almost every election like Donald teased that he might run, but he was selling something. I, I I get it, but I just wonder if there was in the back of his mind like someday I'm actually gonna run, like in the back of uh, Donald's mind. Yeah, and I think I think with his case too, it's a lot of smart people that are reading the polls, reading the pulse of the country, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's old Donald sitting there thinking of all of these strategies. Of, right. Well, that's any politician; they have a team behind sure. them, but. I think that he saw the opportunity of people are really down on Obama mm-hmm. and the, the Republican field was weak. Right. And yeah, there was, it, well, now it's kind of, we see that with the Democrats in 2020, but they'd have a Republican debate and there'd be like 15 candidates. Right. That's and so you didn't really know the other 14, but you knew Donald Trump. Right. So, you know, his Q rating or whatever, his fame was way, and originally he said, I'm not going to take donor money to uh, campaign. I'm, I think he's still stuck with that. I'm not sure, but. So that was kind of him separating himself. Right. Um, so maybe it was kind of like as the momentum started building, he maybe talked himself into this of I could actually do this thing. Right. And I think he's so used to bashing Obama about I would do this better, I would do that better, that he's like, here's my chance to show it. Right, exactly. And that's basically been his platform for the first four years was I'm going to reverse every single thing that he that sure. guy ever did. So let's switch gears and go over to the other side of the political race. Um, some people think the other antichrist involved in American politics, Hillary Clinton, yeah, who was recently the on the Stern show in late 2019. And Howard, even when he was on his press tour, made it a point to talk about, he wished Hillary would have came in. He really thinks that it would have helped her win the election of showing that more personable side, you know, that getting away from those robotic canned responses and, right. you know, and she gave an awesome interview that yeah. maybe would have, shed light on you know, her not being such a robot. Right. Yeah, so he, how did you feel about the Hillary interview? Uh, it was good. You can tell that Howard was obviously super prepared. He compared this to, like, this was his Moby Dick. Like, he's wanted this interview. Yeah, actually, he talked about this a little bit in the book, how he he hasn't wanted an interview like this since uh, Michael Jackson was, like, the interview that kind of escaped him. And he talks about it a little bit in the book. Like, back in 94, they got as far as, like, him and Don Buckwald, his, his agent, met with Michael in a hotel room. He said it was really weird. His like makeup was running off his face. And it was like, he, they were so nervous. It was like right after the, uh, child molestation accusations came out. So he was like pretty much going to say like, I want to do a serious interview. Like, I'm not going to touch on that. I'll do whatever. Like, but I was, I was reading this earlier and I was like, I couldn't help but think the, the 1994 Howard interviewing Michael Jackson in a serious way right. does not seem feasible at all. Yeah. No. Right. Like there's no way. I mean, obviously it never happened. So maybe there's something he got tipped off, but, he, my, uh, Howard claims that like I really want to do a serious interview with him because the only time he ever really did a serious interview like that at that time um, was whenever he interviewed the uh, Maharishi, yeah, the TM guy, like Maharishi Yogi, because he did it for his mom and he did it off air, like on a TV show. But other than that, you know, all of his interviews back then were pretty much fucking attacks. <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> a know, great point because he still talks about some of his biggest regrets being like when Robin Williams was on the show, right? Uh, just like kept asking about a, a nanny that he was supposed to be um, like having an affair with and right. just going places that totally caught Robin off guard, Robin Williams. And 
and Howard's learned his lessons through that and knows better. Right. And he knows to go places that other interviews won't, but with a little bit more delicacy, you sure. know, a and little I, bit. I thought he would have established himself enough by 2016, you know, after, let's see, we started doing decent, like good interviews. I mean, the early 2000s, even like, and kind of got away from like the whole shticky, you know, type of interview where you're just going to try to get like a kind of a gotcha interview. Uh, and I mean, there was still not to say that his interviews were bad back then, but they were just different. You know, there wasn't like insightful, but yeah, he's more of a shock jock. Sure. And uh, I thought that he would have established himself enough by 2016 as a good interview and actually do an honest and open interview with somebody who's not who in, you know, ask questions that people want to hear, not necessarily just try to make them uncomfortable. I, I thought Hillary's team would have probably caught on to that and realized that. But that was yeah, never did. Here's my opinion, though. I'll ask your opinion. I think that Hillary thought that she had it such in the bag that she didn't have to do that. She right. didn't have to step out of her comfort zone. But I think, obviously, hindsight 2020, or if, let's say, that she ran this next campaign, I know she's not, but right. I think she would be way more open to that because, hey, this is a 50-50 election. I need every vote I can get. Whereas the Democratic Party, Hillary, they all just kind of treated it as a she was going to just walk into the office. Right. She even she comments on that a little bit in their interview that they had last year, um, but basically saying, I mean, not in these words, but she was a little overconfident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like an overconfident, just thinking, just like you said, not having to do those uh, those types of things and go to those towns and and get reach those types of people. But it, here's what's interesting: is the like the actual math on it is obviously she only lost by a couple thousand votes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and a lot of those states were you know, PA, Ohio, Florida. Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, yeah. and and I can't help to think that if she did happen to do the interview, you know, during you know before the election, that it and, and Howard obviously says this too that it would have reached those types of people in those areas and maybe had an effect. And since you're not, we're not talking about large numbers. I'm not saying that oh, if Howard did this interview, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of vote, you know voters would have changed their mind on Hillary Clinton. I don't believe that. But if it was as close as you know the polls say. And it did come down to those states where I'm sure Howard has a pretty big audience. It's interesting to think that, like, yeah, it probably could have helped push her in that direction. Yeah. And it's funny. They say between all the debates that happened around the dinner table and half of America wants to kill the other half of America, it really only comes down to, like, four or five states. And even then, those states are mostly decided, and it comes down to a couple million swing votes throughout the whole country, or a couple hundred thousand swing votes. So I think think you're on to something there. And plus, the Stern Show, it gets picked up on so many... When someone's on there and breaks news, it's instantly everywhere. So I think they could have had a couple good quotes that made her a little bit more humanized. And she probably would have said a couple things that weren't seen as the greatest by, by her side. But I guess that's the give and take of being on a show like that. You right. kind of take the good with the bad. And, and that's part of humanizing yourself. Right. Not everything is going to come out perfect. And that's all he wanted to do to her. Like He wasn't going to ask her about Monica Lewinsky. He wasn't really asking about her politics as much because that's not Howard's platform. He's not there to like you know really drill her on Benghazi and you know, all of her politics and, and the things that she will get drilled about uh, in debates and things like that. He just wanted to like humanize her, ask her basic questions because, like, again, we talk about politicians are so calculated and so robotic in their answers whenever you see them on especially her especially her um and that was her downfall i think with a lot of people that were because you know the whole lesser of two evils was like the quote of that election 
You know what I mean? Lesser of two evils. And so I think humanizing Hillary to that point for those people that actually felt that way if it's lesser of two evils, maybe could have... Those are the people I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think if, if you know people that we know uh, are Republican through and through, they're not going to change their mind. You know, I don't think that that interview would be something that would change their mind. You know, And one thing I will give Howard credit for is he is... He's never wavered from his support for Hillary. Even during the right. election, he said, I'm friends with Donald. I love him as a guest. But he is all, he was even supporting Hillary when she ran against Obama right. four years or eight years before that. And it's interesting that he can kind of be a fan of both at the same time. He loves Donald as a guest. He's friends with him. I think Donald maybe went to his wedding with Beth or... Or maybe he went to one of Donald's. He went to Donald's wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or he, no, they're both. Or Vice, I think it's both. I think both. both. Yeah. yeah. So obviously friends. He's been on the show for 20-plus right. years. But then also he separates that into, but I think that this would be the better presidential candidate, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think a lot of people just pick who they like as a person. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. He actually looked at the politics. And like and his his reasoning behind it is so common sense to me. And, and given, I'm, I'm not saying that like I think – I mean, he believes that Hillary would have been a great president, and he might be right, but who knows at this point. I'm just saying what he what he appreciated about Hillary was something I think was very, you know, just common sense to me. Which is like she was a lifelong politician in the sense that she dedicated her life to public service. You know, and that's something that could be, you know, you can look down on that because you kind of get twisted up in the whole political bullshit about, of it all. But it's also someone that literally dedicated their life to just to serving the public and serving the country, so or their state or whatever it may be. So regardless if you agree with things that she did or disagreed, you can at least admire the fact that she's dedicated her life to that sort of thing. And I think that's something that Howard really appreciated and he kind of hit that home, you know, while she was on. Yeah, I think he looked at it as hiring a job candidate or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. Put their resumes together and <laughs> what do you get? It, it, and it seems more, it, it seems like common sense. Now, I get it. it. When we talk about politics, it's never that, you know, easy and it's never that black and white. Um because you might not agree with her, it's a you know an opinion. So you might not agree with her resume, but it, it, there is something to say for her at least. You know, having a resume to go off of, and Howard appreciated that. Yeah, and I think that Howard, even though I don't know, it's kind of interesting to think about because I think Howard would naturally have a little bit of a liberal audience since it's comedic and he's kind of cutting loose on a lot of things. Right. But at the same time, he has a lot of truck drivers and blue collar guys that yeah. hate Hillary. And even we were kind of, there was some callers, they may even stage how many callers called in. You could speak towards that. I yeah. hated this. Cause I mean, I, I know this kind of, uh, is countering what I just said earlier about how it could have swayed a lot of people, but the way that these callers called in after this Hillary interview was just seemed so scripted, you know, caller from, here's a, let's say a call from Mike from Michigan. Hey, I got to tell you, I never really cared for Hillary Clinton. I always thought that, you know, she was just a robot. But after that interview, man, I don't know. I probably would have voted for her. I'm like, Jesus. Like, what's that? And that happened like five or six more times. Like, they just kept picking up the call. I was like, who the fuck? Is it Fred? <laughs> like, who's calling in right now? Yeah, that, skull, that call screener was really, they yeah. knew what they were looking for. Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm glad Ralph actually called up afterwards. He's like, who the fuck is saying they're going to change their mind for one interview? Like, you, you could have picked up a book and, you know, find, figure out who Hillary was if you really cared enough. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It's stupid. But I, I, I do think that there's at least a few people out there that, not to say, like, they would be that dramatic to be like, oh, I hated her before, but now I love her. But I do think there's people on the fence at the time of the election that would have changed their mind if they would have heard that interview prior. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very true because part of Trump's appeal that we've mentioned before is that uh, speaking your mind, uh, you know, not having all these canned responses. So that kind of would have put her more appealing towards the people that voted for Trump because of those reasons. Right. Yeah, I get it. I just found it fascinating that Howard, I mean, you could tell Howard wanted Hillary as a guest almost more than any other. I mean, he says it more than any other guest. And he's done interviews with everybody, every like everybody, anybody you could think of. And he really wanted her. And I think that not shows you how much Howard loves Hillary, but it shows how much he actually cares about politics, even though he won't say that he cares about politics as much because he's a comedy show. He doesn't want to. I mean, he can say that he's he says he's in the middle. He's like, I have people. People were pissed off at me on the Republican side. People were pissed off at me on the Democratic side. He always says that everybody's mad at him. But it's clear he's left leaning um, and he probably is more strong opinionated about politics than he lets on our show. Do you agree with that? Like, I. Yeah, because I think he goes beyond just the presidency. He talks about uh, who's running for New York uh, mayor and you know, who's running for his local elections. And, and he knows the issues. Yeah, you know, he, he knows about yeah. the water supply each time you flush your toilet in New York. And, right. you know, he's all versed on all the – and he's well-read. You know, he reads the newspaper before each show and just kind of keeps himself involved with current events. Do you think that it's a calculated thing, or do you think he's still just keeping like being honest with himself? Because there are some things that he obviously agrees with Trump on, and same with you and me. It's not, we're not saying here like yeah, know. but uh, I feel like can't we all just go back to like agreeing with a little bit of no. each? No, we're too far gone. <laughs> never, never. It sucks now. I like hate it's, it. It's impossible in our society to say eh, they kind of both have that good would make points. Too much sense <laughs> to just to, to make it that easy, you know? Like no, it's it's got to be one way or another nowadays, and it's very. And, and I feel like we both kind of feel that way, and I think Howard does too. Right, and it comes through with, yeah, I want Hillary, but hey, Donald's got some good points, and I've show I've made uh, we have a lot of you know uh, friends on like the right leaning. I don't know how to how do you call it? Just Republicans, I guess. Sure, uh, we have like a lot of Republican conservatives. Friends. Conservatives, that's what I'm looking for. So we have a lot of conservative friends, and I'll like I'll usually uh, the friends that don't really listen to the Stern show, like I'll send them some clips about like Howard's take on politics or takes on certain topics and issues. And sometimes they're, you know, more uh, liberal. Sometimes they're more conservative. They always seem to, it's that for whatever reason, whenever Howard has an opinion on something, it resonates with people in a way that doesn't seem polarizing in one way or another. Does that make sense? Like Howard has a way of kind of like bringing, like I keep saying, common sense to a topic or an issue and it seems like to get people on the same page. Like I, my mom, my mom is very liberal. My dad is very conservative. Very fun household. <laughs> uh, so, but I can show them both a, a clip from Howard Stern where he's kind of taking a side on either one. But like it doesn't. It, like I, my dad wouldn't turn up his nose or anything if it sounded liberal. My mom wouldn't turn up her nose if it sounded conservative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Howard has a way about him with politics and talking about issues and talking about politics that I think. I wonder if he understands how influential he can be if he wanted to be in politics. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think he's starting to grasp that more and more or that he's it's actually coming true of what he wanted because we've talked about on this show before about how the Stern show has, by and large, regressed back to more conservative than it was. Definitely more conservative sure. than in the 90s right. and in the early 2000s. But conservative maybe, in the sense of it's not as outlandish, not like yeah, yeah they're not putting strippers in clown makeup throwing, and right, throwing baloney on their ass. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they do like once a year now right. instead of once a week. Right. Um, but I think that that was all part of this calculation to move towards that type of show. And the question that I was going to ask you is: We still have a 
like 11 months until the 2020 election, are we going to start to see some of these candidates on the Stern show? I, and going with what we were just talking about, I, I hope so because if he understands that he does have, see, maybe he does have an influence uh, clearly on politics and on people's views on politics and issues. So if he did have politicians on, he knows now that he can actually sway. And I don't, I think that he understands it, but he doesn't want to get into that arena where he starts has, and he says this before, but like, I'm just kind of elaborate on it that he doesn't want to have one on. Cause then he has to have the other side or then people are going to polarize him in one way. And he doesn't yeah. want to get into that whole thing where he now becomes the political show. But it is interesting like, that he's choosing to do that because he does, I don't know if he knows this or not, but he, I'm sure he does, that if he does have some somebody on, it can have a, a huge massive effect on the election or that candidate. So uh, do I think that he will? Yeah, I, I do. I think that that might get the best of him. I think that you know the fact that he has that power, might he might use it. I think he will use it. I think he, we might see uh, another candidate on or two or three in the next uh, year or so. And, and that's and, I, and to say that he's going to have three guests that are in the, you know, running for president on is not that much considering, you know, how much uh, press those you know, other candidates are going to be. Yeah, running. especially during the primaries where there's like They're 20 yeah, Democrats exactly. running. So, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I do think that he will use, you know, that um, that influence. Um, and if he doesn't, you know, I, I think he should. Because who else yeah, has I mean, that kind of reach? Been, yeah, this has been one of his goals is to get these A-listers and during a political season, God knows that's all anyone talks about. Right. So be top of mind, maybe get some new listeners, um, yeah. get picked up by a billion news outlets for whatever quotes come out of the interview. Right. Uh, so definitely would be raising awareness back to the show for sure. a lot of people probably tailed off and some people probably don't even know he's still on the radio. Yeah. People don't. I know. That's I mean, it's, it's such a paid subscriber. They don't really run ads. So it is kind of easy to forget unless you're, in the psychos and, like us, I make a podcast about them every week. <laughs> it's kind of easy to to lose that. But if a politician goes on there and breaks a couple quotes, breaks some headlines, it picks up everywhere. Right. And I think modern day politics is regressing back towards uh, being more. It's probably because Trump got elected. But now we see. Uh, well, actually, this is before. Or this was during the 2016 election. Obama went on Mark Maron's podcast. Yes. Uh, and then six months or so ago, Bernie Sanders went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Right. So I think these politicians are realizing, oh, this is actually where people go to hear some real shit. Right. They don't want to just hear 30-second perfect news clips all the time. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the debates obviously tackle the issues, which is by far the most important thing. But, as we both know, a lot of people don't vote on that. They vote on personality and who they like. Sure. I mean, it should have, it's like looking presidential right. used to count for half of the election. I know. So you're right. Going on these podcasts and going on something like the Howard Stern show is something that these, I'm sure. And, and Howard, I think he mentioned this, that he, they've had, they've been uh, reached out to by, you know, campaign managers from, did he say who? He didn't say. He, uh, I remember, like, Robin was like, who? And then he didn't say. No, I don't think. He, uh, yeah, he didn't say actually what politicians, um, you know, asked to come on the show. But he's had opportunities to have people on. I think he's going to – I do think he's going to wait a little bit and see – wait till the Democratic Party dwindles down to their actual, you know, top candidates. And then he'll have some people on. And I hope he does it for the other side, too. I hope he has some Republican candidates on whatever right. they ever pop well, up. not candidates, but, like – Well, sure. That's kind of what I was thinking, too, to even it out – Trump's probably not going to go back on right. for how much those quotes got picked up. Was somebody going to run against Trump like for the I don't primary? Think, I mean, 
unless he gets impeached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then I guess it's back to 50 50. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to put another. I don't think. I think he's going to win his own ticket. Yeah. They're not going to unseat a, a sitting president for their own party. Right. But who knows these days? That's what I'm saying. It's like the WWE <laughs> out there, man. Yeah, somebody else. Hey, this is a former Ultimate WWE comes running yeah. down the aisle. <laughs> Next thing you know, King he's Kong the, Bundy <laughs> shows up at Capitol it's like the Royal Rumble. All of a sudden, a new guy runs in every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're laughing, but Trump was on the WWE like multiple times. Yeah. Didn't he face Vince McMahon yeah. in like, at WrestleMania? Did he shave his head? Yeah, he haircutting the, match. The haircutting match. <laughs> Whoever loves to shave the other person's head, and he's he's on there. Vince McMahon screaming, ah, ah. and I think he played Vince McMahon's. If you do nothing else, look up that clip of of Donald Trump shaving Vince McMahon's head, and for some reason, Vince McMahon screaming at the top of his lungs like he's slitting his throat. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see. And Trump put uh, Linda McMahon as one of his chairs. He did. Yeah, like, she was out of recently. education or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there. She was in the position for a minute, and she uh, just resigned like last year. But uh. Yeah, it definitely is like the WWE. So do you think Donald Trump would ever come back on the show or even call in? Because we know he's not exactly shy about speaking his mind, but he may have advisors. I think he's called in like Fox and Friends and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But then sure. again, ever since he's become president, he's not. he likes to do his own control. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, he exactly. Does, he, like he doesn't do a lot of White House uh, press conferences, like ever, yeah, I don't think. He doesn't have to. I mean, he's um, literally speaking his mind every 15 minutes. So it's, right. You know what I mean? so he and he just really, wants to talk to his base. Yeah, he doesn't have that's to have an outlet anymore, you know. But, uh, but the election season... He may need to. That he may be getting advised of. Hey, our base isn't big enough for the win. We need a couple, couple uh, undecided voters. Sure. Um, you know what's funny? Like, and then here's where it gets interesting. So Trump would only want to go on the Stern Show if that got those voters. I mean, that's why he he wouldn't do it any other reason at this point. I don't think. And do you think Howard would give him that type of interview? You know what I mean? Like, so Trump would be probably going in there thinking that he's going to go in there. To, to get these vote, votes, but I don't think Howard would you know get in there and give him some fluffy type of like interview at this no, point. No, I don't think fluffy, but I don't think it would be. He may touch on, oh my god, can you believe that you don't think flat chested women are tens, right? And that the hottest chicks are waitresses no, in LA. I, but I, no, I think that it would be mainly pretty serious. It'd be similar to the Hillary interview where, right? You know, they didn't dive too much into the Monica Lewinsky and. Right. You know, he kept it somewhat PC. That much, you know, right. it was basically just about the person, which they've done that with Trump a lot. But I think so, he just wants to ask him kind of what we're talking about. Of did you even see this coming? Is this right. you know? Like, could you have predicted like, this? Kind of yeah, that's what under? I think like, it would be. Of, well, how do you feel about all this hate that you're getting? You know, because you never really had that before. So now you have all these people hating you. You know what I mean? So those are the kind of questions I would. I would actually, I'd be fascinated. To, but I don't know if Trump would give you know honest answers if he's going to be. You know, if he's still trying to be... Now he's politician, Donald. Now he's politician, Donald. Here's where I can see Donald coming back is, say he loses. Um, I can see him coming back and kind of doing like a tell-all to how... I mean, because he just... I mean, he's he's writing another book. Well, like I met... Yeah, he's writing another book. Like I mentioned, he probably still will launch that news network whenever he's out of the office because God knows he's got his followers now. Right. Now he has a huge base. Exactly. I mean, so... So he's like the conservative God now. Right. So maybe, yeah, I could see him coming back on um, in that sense. I, I can't. You're right. I can't see him coming back on prior um, or while he's still in the political arena. I think. Yeah. That, you know. 
it would be like an afterwards. And I hope that like, I mean, I but then again, what's he going to say? That's really going to affect them. That, I, know. I mean, if he could say the shit that got leaked from like, you know, grabbed by the pussy and all that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Do, do you get much lower than that? Yeah, and you still get elected. Shit. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about it anymore, but it would, I just would be, I'd be fascinated to hear him. Like if he's, once he's out talking about his experience in there and kind of just, I don't know, wishful thing. Like being like a little more, more humble interview as far as like, like introspective retrospective about looking about his time there uh you know all the stress he had and then kind of just uh, recounting the experience but i don't know i don't know if he'll ever show back up on the howard stern show yeah probably not well who knows if howard's even going to have a show by the time by the time he, he does his stuff yeah howard stern podcast will get kicked off uh, kicked <laughs> off all podcast networks if he starts his own podcast oh yeah <laughs> i could see him doing like a netflix interview show or something like letterman like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just interviews. Right. Because I don't even think he gets too much into like I like I like the staff stuff and all that the most. But right. I think anymore he's like ninety percent focused on his interviews. Sure. Yeah. I think they're kind of running out of staff stuff. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? well, the staff's like fucking lame, dude. Yeah. Like no one challenges them. There's no conflict. Yeah, Everyone just it's a bunch of yes men. Right. I think. I mean, there's, let's there's, do a whole episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's one of my ideas. Damn, we did a whole political discussion for not for two guys that really don't discuss politics much. Yeah, I don't know anything about politics. No, me either. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, I hope none of you took anything we yeah, just right? said serious. Yeah, you could be elected president now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast gets big enough. Yeah. Watch out. Next election season. But let's wrap this up. Um, yep. Yeah, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Keep on coming back. We plan on... About once every two weeks, we'll have a new episode for you. Um, We got sponsors now, so we're making like 17 cents uh, total. Woo! (laughs) Love that money. Just swimming in cash. (laughs) But Uh, that's going to wrap it up here from Los Angeles. Uh, It's been a good time there, Tyler. Yeah. Let's hope uh, World War III doesn't hit before we can take over the podcast world. We'll do our next podcast from the bunkers (laughs) as we're taking on grenades. But, uh... Until next time, I'm Tyler Cortez. I'm Daniel Coyne. See ya later. Hey now. Bye for now. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.